Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this show, we discuss topical global issues, have conversations with foreign affairs thought leaders and newsmakers, and give you the context you need to understand the world today. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to learn more. And now on with the show. Chile is one of the most air-polluted countries in the world. This is partly a matter of geography. Many cities are in valleys that trap air pollution. But it is also the consequence of how many Chileans heat their homes. Wood-burning home heat stoves are very common in much of Chile, and these stoves burn dirty and emit harmful pollution. My guest today, Carlos Chavez, is professor of economics at the School of Business and Economics at Universidad de Talca in central Chile. His research has focused on the use of wood-burning heating stoves in Chile and government policies that could reduce the prevalence of wood-burning stoves and improve air quality. In our conversation, we discuss why so many people in Chile heat their homes this way and how he was able to create a research project that suggests some effective policy remedies. Chile is a higher-income country, yet the way that many households create energy by burning wood is something that is far more common in poorer countries. It is generally not associated with countries at Chile's level of wealth. This makes Chile an interesting case study that I am glad to bring you today. Today's episode is part of a series of episodes that showcase the research and work of the Sustainable Energy Transitions Initiative, SETI. SETI is an interdisciplinary global collaborative that aims to foster research on energy access and energy transitions in low- and middle-income countries. Currently, SETI is housed at Duke University, where it is led by professors Subrendu Patanayak and Mark Juland. To learn more about SETI, follow them on Twitter at SETI Energy. And here is my conversation with Carlos Chavez, professor at the Universidad de Talca in central Chile. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You know, I was just very surprised and intrigued to see your research. You know, for years I've reported on the use of like wood burning cook stoves in poorer African countries. I was surprised to see how prevalent the practice was in a country like Chile. In the in the Chilean case, uh, the use of stoves is related to heating stoves instead of cooking stoves. There are some, some cooking stoves being used, but most of the uh, environmental problems in urban areas in, in central southern Chile are related to the use of heating stoves. 
And also, this is a seasonal problems as these stoves are used uh, during uh, autumn, winter, early spring season every mm. year. Okay, that's an interesting distinction and, and makes sense when you look at geographically. Um, so how prevalent are the use of these wood-burning heating stoves in Chile? Uh, well, we have uh, different sources of information uh, about uh, the use of wood uh, stoves uh, in the country. But I would say that it, uh, even though it varies along the country, and it varies in, in some specific way. If we move, let's say, from Santiago to the south of the country, the fraction of households in urban areas using wood stoves is increasing. And this happens uh, as a continuous. I mean, as uh, moving south, this, this, the figure is in, increased. Uh, okay, increase. like the farther south you go, the colder it gets. Exactly. So the, exactly. the more prevalent uh, the use yeah. of wood-burning stoves are. Ah. Yeah, and the figures are, uh, let's say, uh, near Santiago, it could be about 50% of the households using uh, uh, wood stoves. But uh, as far as um, in the Patagonia region, for example, the city of Coyhaique, uh, almost 100% of the households will report using uh, wood stoves uh, or cooking stoves. Hmm. So how did you go about measuring uh, that those numbers? Uh, the way that uh, we obtain this information is uh, from surveys. And uh, there are uh, surveys available that were conducted by the government because it's a main environmental issue, environmental problem in the country. So the government uh, or the state in Chile have been uh, concerned about the situation, so uh, have been pushing studies from some years ago on this issue. And in some cases, uh, we have designed and conducted our own surveys as a part of our research. So I think we are, we are pretty confident in the sense that um, the, the use of stoves in urban areas uh, is, is uh, very high. And, uh, and as I um, uh, indicated before, it increases uh, as we move south. And, and, and could be, uh, uh, figures could be as high as uh, the whole population in, in, in these uh, cities. So before I ask you about sort of why people are opting to use wood-burning stoves to heat their homes in the parts of Chile that you studied, can you just explain to listeners why are wood-burning stoves harmful? What are some of the negative impacts that are typically associated with wood-burning stoves? Uh, yes. Well, uh, in, in, in our context, the, the main problem is outdoor pollution. And... Um, uh, I mean, the, the problem has different um, key elements. I mean, using wood stoves is not bad by itself, but uh, there are uh, key elements that contribute to generate this outdoor, outdoor pollution problem. Um, first, um, in, in, in our context, uh, the houses uh, that, uh, uh, in, in which these stoves are installed are old houses with bad uh, insulation, uh, energy efficiency characteristics. So 
a lot of energy being produced inside the households are uh, uh, lost because uh, bad insulation, which uh, uh, implies that uh, people tend to use a lot of wood to try to keep the houses warm. So that's one element. The other, the other element is that the stoves are also pretty old. This is uh, um, low technology, old technology. The, these stoves, most of them are um, uh, low efficient in terms of uh, generating energy. And also, uh, these stoves produce high levels of, of emissions. So that's the, the, the second element. Um, and then... All of this usually is combined with, with, during the winter season, especially with uh, some uh, weather uh, conditions, which are pretty bad uh, in the sense that uh, we have um, uh, thermal inversion uh, process. This means what's that, that? What's the thermal yeah. inversion process? What okay. is that? Yeah. This, I, I did not think like meteorology was going to be a, a topic of conversation today, yes. so I did not prepare. So please enlighten. Okay, yeah. this is to put it in, in a simple way: um, we have uh, cold weather or uh, bad weather coming from the Pacific Ocean that enter into the valley of the country. Chile is a very tiny, long country, so all this uh, cold front enter to the valley in winter and act as a kind of trap of pollutants. It's a kind of sailing over the cities. So it's cold because of the weather condition. These weather conditions trigger that households start to uh, uh, burn a lot of wood to keep the house warm. But then because of this uh, element that I already described, uh, wood is is being burned in all the equipment, a lot of uh, uh, energy is waste because of low efficiency of the households that uh, produce a lot of emissions, but then emissions are trapped in in in, mm, in, there. in so they're just the stuck there. The weather yeah. the weather pattern in that part of the country, particularly in the winter, just you know, keeps the pollutants just stuck there. They don't you know blow away. Ah, uh, okay, I see. I see what you're saying. Exactly. If we if we have many people using the stoves to produce energy. Under these circumstances, uh, then uh, the quality of the air uh, become poor. So we have bad air quality, and uh, this has implications on 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 health uh, conditions of the people. Yeah, it's, well, it's interesting to me. I, I sort of keep in my mind comparing this to what I have reported and, and sort of researched and, and studied about the sort of indoor wood-burning stoves in the African context, where there, the greatest health concern is the indoor air pollution. Um, but you're saying here in, in the Chilean context is that ambient outdoor air pollution that that really is is the most harmful effect of these wood-burning stoves. Yes, that, that's right. Uh, we now uh, are right now starting to do some initial research on the connection between outdoor and indoor because there is some, we know now that there is some infiltration in some of the households. But the, for far, for far, is the, the main problem is, is outdoor pollution. And, it's, and, and this is the, the result of the action. This is, this is interesting for me as economists. Um, this, this is a result of the action of several individual households 
trying to solve a problem, which is, as every household, producing energy for heating and cooking. Uh, but given the situation, given the specific conditions, it produces a collective problem. When I mean, What is good for, for individuals, it becomes bad for the group, bad for the people living in, in, in the cities. So what does your research tell you about why people are using wood in such prevalence in the places that you studied? Again, I, I just am struck by the fact that, you know, Chile is an OECD country. Uh, and yet, yeah. you know, here, here you see these kind of levels of wood burning home heating and water burning stones that are more common in very poor countries. Yes. Uh, well, let me start uh, saying that uh, we know also that as people uh, have stoves in the houses, they also hold other equipments. I mean, there are, there are other type of beyond wood stoves that are electric. People have electric stoves. They have kerosene stove, LPG stove, etc. But the uh, e- equipment uh, more prevalent use it is uh, are the, the the wood stoves and and why is that? I think that the main explanation has to do with the uh, uh, price or the cost uh, for households of producing energy using wood compared to the cost of using substitute using other fuels. So what's like an example of a substitute yeah, fuel that could be used instead of wood? You can use, uh, of course, electricity, uh, which is clean, but pretty expensive. The use of electricity in Chile uh, for a household could increase the cost of producing the same amount of energy about eight, ten times as compared with wood. Other options are uh, kerosene or LPG, um, but again, uh, those are uh, similar to electricity, uh, more expensive in relative terms than using wood. So one initial main reason, I think, and this is what we have obtained also by uh, applying surveys to people in urban areas where this uh, problem exists, uh, is that they prefer to use wood because uh, it's, uh, it's cheap, cheaper than the alternatives. We also know that people combine the use of equipment. It's just, it's, it's not, um, uh, let's say, it's not that they only and exclusively use wood stoves, but the more frequent way to produce energy in the households is uh, by using wood. So in your paper, you know, you conclude that income is the key determinant, as you just said, of the choice of using um, wood uh, in a household to heat it, but it doesn't affect the intensity of fuel wood use. What do you mean by that? Um, okay. We, we, what we are finding in, as a result in, the, in, in that paper is, is that uh, the uh, – People, regardless of the income level, all of them will use uh, uh, fuel wood to heat the houses. Rich and poor people in a city, we, we have uh, 
a lot of income inequality in, in the cities and there is also segregation. Uh, but we are uh, looking at this problem by income level be, be, because we uh, first uh, we um, are curious in terms of uh, whether rich households or high income households uh, will uh, use other uh, substitute fuels. But we found in, 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 in several cities that um, uh, there is not much variation in terms of uh, uh, the use of goods across income levels, which is important for um, uh, thinking on policy uh, action and intervention. This is pretty important because uh, rich uh, or high-income households uh, have uh, uh, bigger houses, demand more energy, and uh, probably contribute more to the problem. Hmm. So to that end, what does your research suggest about what interventions might work successfully to reduce the prevalence of wood-burning household mm-hmm. heating equipment in, in use? Yeah. When we start our research, it happens about 10 years ago, um, we were, we were f- putting a lot of attention on the possibility of um, uh, changing the incentives for households to uh, change behavior. Uh, our way of thinking was uh, if people is uh, uh, causing this problem because individually they are uh, choosing wood as, uh, to produce energy and together produce this collective problem. So the solution must go through um, people, individual people, changing their behavior. So we focus in, in two instruments initially. Uh, one was um, um, to make the wood uh, more expensive so that the users recognize that the cost of using wood is not only the, the, the private cost that they face by paying a price because they buy wood, but also in, including there the fact that uh, if they use wood, this produces a cost on others because they contribute. Like a, like, like a sin tax or like a cigarette tax on exactly, wood. Exactly, exactly. So, the, the, so that was one way of thinking in terms of intervention. Although we... We didn't go far with that because one of the problems, especially in developing country contexts, even though we are a kind of medium high income level country, is that a market for good are pretty informal. And that is a, is a characteristic in, in our wood market in, in, in Chile. Yeah, so, like you could pick some wood up probably from the vendor on the side of the road and pay exactly, in cash. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, it has several uh, implementation problems. The other uh, instrument that we focus on was uh, on inducing people to change the equipment that they, they use to produce energy. That means uh, giving the people a, a, a price, giving the people an incentive, giving the people a subsidy to uh, change they're all stopes for more modern, cleaner, uh, more efficient uh, stopes. Uh, our initial thought was this can be a stove that use wood, still use wood, 
but in a better way, let's say. Like a more or, efficient wood burning yes, stove. Yes, with, with uh, more efficient in, in producing energy and uh, uh, producing less emissions. Or uh, moving people to other uh, type of stoves like electric stoves, kerosene or LPG uh, pellets stoves, um, we are, which are uh, being uh, introduced pretty, pretty fast now in the country. So, um, of course, there are, there are other instruments. Uh, years ago in the country, we didn't have uh, technology standards, for example, for the stoves. And now we have those. Um, eh, and more recently, we have been thinking also on the possibility of uh, providing um, uh, information to the public in the cities and uh, uh, thinking that uh, uh, this information may generate uh, norms of behavior in terms of uh, changing uh, what uh, we normally do during the winter, especially in uh, critical days when the air is uh, uh, having pretty bad quality. Hmm. Like, so, like just a, an information and uh, campaign, basically. Exactly. Exactly. So have you seen any appetite among policymakers in Chile for any of these interventions that, that you've just articulated, any of these policy proposals? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I think, uh, well, we were, as a researchers, we were pretty uh, successful at uh, passing this idea to the uh, policymakers in the country uh, on uh, using subsidies to uh, induce the uh, adoption or accelerate the adoption of uh, more efficient and cleaner uh, heating technologies. So um, this happens about probably eight years ago, that the Chilean government uh, launched a massive uh, program of subsidies to uh, introduce uh, or motivate uh, adoption of uh, cleaner and more efficient uh, stoves at the households levels in cities having this air pollution problem. Uh, so uh, we as a group of researchers collaborate with the government, uh, conducting the first pilot study, we went to a city in the country, the city of Temuco. This happened about eight years ago. and conducted a pilot study uh, because for, for, for this type of policies, there are a lot of things that need to be designed and decided. Who will be targeted? The amount, which will be the amount of the subsidy? What will be the equipment to be uh, as an option uh, for the selection from the households? Uh, what are the problems of implement implementing this? Uh, I mean, a lot of practical things. What are we going to do with the old equipment? <laughs> do we want the old yeah. equipment to go to the rural areas or we want to destroy the old equipment so that uh, we avoid black markets of low technologies? To, to return to the interesting. So, um, uh, so we, that was eight years ago. You said yes, yes. And, so, and, do yeah. you have any any uh, research indicating whether or not that worked? Well, the, I have yes. Uh, uh, we know now that uh, about about 
these are national figures uh, focusing especially in the central southern part of the country. I think about 40,000 stoves have been changed during the last six, seven years. And this program are still uh, being run by the government. In several cities every year, there are campaigns calling for application to subsidies from the government to induce the households to replace the stoves. So we have uh, seen progress in, 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 and, and a lot of action on this, uh, and uh, this is still happening, and I think it will keep going in, in the near future. So, uh, so can I? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, the other thing that I want to mention is is that um, I think that one of the problem with this intervention is that there is a uh, up to now there is a lack of uh, evaluation of the impact in different outcomes. This is one thing that uh, we are trying to address now uh, as uh, researchers, and the other is um, uh, which is pretty critical is the, um, I think, is a, a low coverage. I mean, 40,000 stoves being changed in uh, six, eight years is still uh, a low number. Uh, medium cities in the, in the country, I mean, you can have something like 60,000 households, 150,000 households. Uh, so... Um, probably more um, uh, intervention, more massive intervention is needed, or we also need to think on other instruments to complement this. So I'm I'm sort of curious to learn sort of the broader global implications of these kinds of interventions in Chile and of Chile reducing its, uh, you know, uh, pollution emitted through wood-burning stove. I mean, obviously, it's a benefit to the people who are living in these cities and to the people of, of Chile. Is there like a broader global implication though for Chile reducing its prevalence of wood burning stoves? Like how might this affect the rest of the world? Well, this is of course, uh, 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 we are dealing, trying to deal with the um, uh, local uh, uh, pollution problems. But there is another aspect of this problem that I think it has global implications. Um, I mean, it's not only that we use uh, these old stoves and produce pollution in the urban areas. It's also that we are uh, taking away and destroying uh, forest. You know, the, 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 the wood that we use in our cities every winter, every season, every year is coming from nearby these cities, and in, in several cases, these are native forests being destroyed or degraded. Hmm. And I think that that has implication in, in terms of uh, uh, climate change and more global aspects. So Interesting. That, that's a key driver of deforestation. Yes, exactly. So, and, and uh, up to this point, I think, at least from the... Um, social science perspective, I, I, I don't think we have a, a, a good uh, uh, idea and this is uh, a, a new research, open research area to try to, to address the pattern of degradation of forests uh, around or near uh, the urban areas in the country. Uh, 
so uh but but this is it's not only uh i mean it's not only a, a local problem it's also a, a more regional global problem uh finally i wanted to ask you about uh seti and uh the sustainable energy transitions initiative they are a partner on this episode your research was produced in partnership with them can you just describe uh your relationship with SETI and how SETI has impacted your work. Yes. Well, SETI uh, is, a, is a research uh, initiative, uh, it's a collaborative research uh, program uh, born uh, within the Environment for Development ERD initiative. And uh, um, I am uh, affiliated with the uh, uh, EFD Research uh, Center in Chile. And of course, uh, years ago when uh, SETI was launched, uh, 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 I was uh, as, uh, pretty excited about the possibility of uh, gathering a, a group of uh, researchers working the same type of issues uh, uh, but in, in different locations uh, in, around the world. So SETI is, is, is uh, an interdisciplinary global collaborative group energy program, uh, and they try to foster research on, on energy access and energy transitions and with a particular focus in low- and middle-income countries. So... Um, this uh, collaborative program is hosted at, at Duke University, and uh, uh, it has it, it, it provides a platform for researchers. Uh, for example, we uh, since the, its inception or creation, we meet uh, um, at least two times per year uh, as a researcher from different. Uh, part of the world from colleagues from universities in Africa, in Asia, in Europe, and also Latin America and the U.S. We meet in some places. Sometimes we have been uh, gathering in Duke University. In our last meeting was uh, uh, here in Chile. Um, and share uh, knowledge, share our progress in research, um, uh, we provide feedbacks. Uh, also, young uh, researchers attend these meetings. Um, and SETI uh, is also providing a platform for uh, conversation, dialogue with practitioners. So this is another uh, um, positive aspect that I uh, think is very important for us as a researchers. I mean... SETI provide the opportunity, which is a unique opportunity, to uh, uh, keep together, to uh, sustain conversations, with researchers, the, the community researchers, and practitioners and policymakers. Uh, and this has uh, um, implications for the um, research that we do, the quality of the research that we conduct, and um, because... The other aspect, I think, in, in, in this community is that we try to conduct research that uh, has uh, policy implications, that is useful to solve uh, complex problems. 
Yeah. I, I, well, I know a lot of policy people congregate around this podcast. And so I was very glad to, uh, to bring your research to, to them and, and to everyone else. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. This was great. Thanks. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate uh, the possibility to talk about what we do in our group and also in within SETI. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Carlos. That was very interesting. And yeah, as I mentioned at the outset, to me, the real fascinating part of this whole story is you know, how Chile, a wealthier OECD country, you know, uses energy in the same way that many very poor countries in Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa do. And so research into how to transition Chileans out of that energy use, I think, necessarily has some pretty important global implications. So thank you to Carlos for speaking with me. And thank you again to SETI for partnering with this podcast on this series. We'll see you next time. Bye.